doesn't get much better than sitting on a picnic blanket, enjoying handmade beers and handmade films on a beautiful summer's eve. The Clips of Faith Beer and Film Tour is a celebration of the whimsical spirit of summer, craft brews, and sustainability. From May to October, from Charleston to Des Moines to Santa Cruz, Clips of Faith presents a smorgasbord of films from professional and amateurs alike. So hop on your bike and pedal on down to the outdoor cinema coming to your town. Check out the dates and places at clipsoffaith.com. With additional support from Kuat Rex and Patagonia. We're getting close. Find out how you can help us push past one million. Stay tuned through the credits. This is The Shorts, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. In 19, I dropped out of college and devoted the next seven years of my life to road racing bicycles. I had a simple goal lose all the distractions and see exactly how good I could get. This was in prehistoric times, 1973, before there were cell phones, personal computers, email, hell, before fax machines. Bicycle racing was a culture so far removed from the American media that, in consciousness that it was practically invisible. During those years, I trained in the South in the winter and then would change latitudes for the racing in the warmer seasons. I would follow the race in season north like a gypsy, spending half my year in a wretched VW campmobile, and the other half of the year was spent training and making repairs to the wonder of Westphalia, as in, I wonder why there is no heat. I supported myself with my winnings and a few small sponsors. I rarely gave a second thought about my parents' despair about this severe career detour. The separation hurt them, but I could drown my conscience with a flood of rationalizations. I wasn't asking them for support. I was the one taking all the risks. I wasn't hurting anybody but myself. I was following my passion to make the Olympic team. I was convinced they had no ground for complaint. Still, I was aware that the women in my mother's small town bridge club were boasting about their children's graduations and promising careers while my mother tried to bravely say, uh, Gary, we got a letter, he's in Mexico this spring, uh, Primavera stage races, I think. It was my dream, my freedom, my consequences. There was a clear line that my parents' criticism could not cross. They were just going to have to tough it out. Now I look back on a racing career with 30 plus years of hindsight and I realize just how far I had climbed out on a limb while I was relentlessly sawing. I was stranded without money, sick far from home, crashed between the pavement and the guardrails on mountain descents. The engine blew in the Volkswagen, cops rousted me, I had to race hard for prizes that would just get me home. I scare myself thinking about the risks I had taken and a small part of me wonders if I was brave, naive just damn lucky. Today, I've got a marriage and kids and mortgage and insurance. Hell, my dumb luggage matches. I can feel the disdain of 20-something guides who see me as some sort of a poser wearing Patagonia. Still, I think my life turned out pretty well. I've got two great kids and a wonderful wife, lots of adventures. 
Yet I realized the risks of a seven-year detour from a normal path. With college and a career staring my children in the face, I want to tell my kids, look, do as I say, not as I've done, but I'm just as powerless to criticize as my parents were. We live on a small coastal island in South Carolina where my children grew up thinking that it's completely normal to launch a boat into the marsh waters, cast net for shrimp, and dig for oysters. We live in a magical place where the tide dictates your plans just as much as the sun. Living on a small island, sandwiched between the surf and the tidal creeks, forces you to pick your passions. Any day of the year you can kayak, paddleboard, surf, sail, hunt, or swim. I'm not much on a surfboard, but I can fish and most of the time I use a fly rod. Fly fishing in salt water is not the poetry of artistic casts and bright rushing mountain streams. It's not a quiet or contemplative pastime. Saltwater fly fishing is flashing across shallow estuaries at dawn in a flat skiff. Think Ferrari that floats. It's the raw adrenaline of crashing fish and screaming drags on reels. When you set out with a fly rod in a flat skiff, you are hunting for fish that have the size and the teeth to do you harm. I've hooked 100-pound tarpon and watched them launch themselves six foot into the air and come crashing down on the boat. Knuckles get busted as reels spin, fingers bleed from cuts as line goes screaming through the guides on the rod. I've seen a 300-pound tiger shark come out of the water and eat a barracuda we were just chumming with on the deck exactly where I had been standing moments before. This is fishing with a thrash speed metal soundtrack. It's hunting for aggressive fish in small boats in ocean conditions where the shared risk is part of the attraction. I love the fish and the skiffs, but most of all I love the saltwater flats that change with every tide and hold endless mysteries. The ebb and flow of a tide cycle is like nature pulling back the covers to expose herself every 12 hours. If you love these places, it's diurnal porn. taught my son Garrett to fish. He's had a progression of boats that have grown to match his abilities, always one better and a little faster than the one before. Today Garrett loads his fly rods into a small skiff that we built together. The boat is a young man's dream that carries him as far as ambition and ten gallons of fuel can travel. He hustles home after school to fish a perfect high tide behind the islands with the promise to do his homework after dark. We fished in the Keys, the Outer Banks, the Everglades, mountains, exotic tropical hotspots, and simple farm ponds. I've guided him to places that have held remarkable fish that will shock you with their silver and blue colors and the diversity in their size. We love the wildness in these fish. When you hold a 10-pound redfish, you're touching a fish that has survived ocean predators for 10 years and is barely yet in an age to reproduce. When you release them, you watch them swim off quietly through the marsh grasses and know that they hold a future in the tides that you will follow. Garrett's spring breaks have been our excuse to hitch the skiff to the truck and fill it with enough rods to start a small tackle store. Together we drive all night and eat breakfast in the Keys before launching the boat onto an oceanside flat in Isla Mirada or Key West. Other kids return to school wearing t-shirts from Disney World. Garrett carries a scale from a tarpon he's released. He has sunburned toes, and he believes the best Cuban restaurant in the Keys is El Cibonet. And he's become a better fisherman than me. He sees the fish better, and he delivers under pressure. 
Last spring in the Keys, he calmly laid out a long, perfect cast to a five-foot tarpon, charged forward and vacuumed the fly into its mouth the size of a bucket. Garrett stayed cool, set the hook, and cleared the slack line onto his reel as the fish exploded in from the water. It made four greyhound jumps going away 75 yards in the first run. He had done something that most fly fishermen only dream of in places very few ever get to visit. I turned to a friend on the boat as the fish rocketed clear of the water and I said, you know, it's bad enough he's a damn good fisherman. He's a lucky little shit too. Now Garrett is finishing high school and he's picked a university in Montana for its scholarly reputation and its excellent selection of trout rivers. He hasn't even begun loading his truck and I already miss him. He's been in our care since birth. I've been part of his daily successes and failures. And now I'm going to have to give up my personal guide and friend who would risk going fishless just to explore new flats and tides. I'm trying to imagine him living two time zones away, months between visits, where the tides no longer matter. We raised our children to appreciate the smell of salt marshes and to value wild places and to have passions and pursuits. I'm proud of Garrett for his choices, but now I'm going to have to suffer the independence that I've instilled in him. I'm going to have to tough it out. I know that for what I did to my parents for seven years, I deserve worse. You start out catching fish to, that you keep just to prove that you've been successful. Then one day you discover just how much more rewarding it is to release them. I live to wild fish in my hands, feeling the pulse of nature and their movements as they swim away. You come to learn that releasing fish is a privilege. Garrett is going west to solve the riddles of the fish in Montana's rivers. For my seven-year detour, I will pay my penance. I will feel the pulse of his life and release him to swim away. My name is Gary Visser, this is my short. Music today by Selva DeMar, Aphasia, and Bradley Carter. You can download the songs and get information about the artists on our site, dirtbagdiaries.com. There, you can also find links to Facebook, listen to old episodes, and purchase t-shirts designed by Walker. Our 1 millionth download is on the horizon. Thanks to those of you who have already emailed over the last two weeks requesting CDs and helped spread the word about the diaries and helped us reach our goal. We still have CDs. We still haven't hit 1 million. So if you want to pass out some of these CDs to undiscovered fans at the crag or at the campground or at the trailhead, send an email to dirtbagdiaries at earthlink.net. Put push past a million in the subject line. And don't forget to include your address. Support for the show comes from New Belgium. From clips of faith to tour to fat to the joyride, summer is just right for frolicking the outdoors. Check them out on Facebook to find out about all the cool events they've got going on. Additional support comes from Kuat Racks. They've already donated $2,000 to help rebuilding efforts in nearby Joplin, Missouri through t-shirt sales. You can still buy a t-shirt from them online on their online store at kuatracks.com. I'm Fitz Cahal, and you've been listening 
to the Dirtbag Diaries.